welcome to TA1. Everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson. Got legendary Jimmy Lee and legendary Stevie Ray co-hosting this uh, fine Sunday night. Kind of a treat for those of you that listen to this right away. We're out a day early just to... uh, like coordinate in quotes the uh, media launch for the Old South Adventure Race, which is what we're talking about this week. <clears throat> so that's why you're getting it a little early. It's, I don't know. We don't have a lot to talk about this week other than um, happy birthday to my mother today on the 18th. And it'll be... Um, Merry Christmas next week, so it's coming up quick. Hope you got your shopping done. Um, I should probably post a list online in case anybody wants to get me anything for Christmas. Okay, maybe not. So, um, I don't know. I don't have a lot. You know, some of the real podcasters in the world can sit here and talk for 10 or 15 minutes, and then you just have to fast forward through the introduction. Mark Marin. So um, let's go. Let's talk to Walker. And I don't mean Walker, Texas Ranger. I didn't even say that in the whole podcast. I thought I'm pretty good about that. So uh, enjoy. And um, I think you're going to find this might be a really cool race. So go fast, take chances, and think about Louisiana next November. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, Randy. Hey, you're there. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Good. Doing well. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. You know, um, offering to do this. Well, I'd say it's my job, but to be a job, you have to get paid, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, it's 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 very interesting. There's three or four new races or series coming back next year so I've kind of uh, it's become a little bit of well let's get these uh, quote unquote new people and see what they're all about new new to me apparently it's not new to you (laughs) (laughs) I hear you yeah Yeah. no there's um, there does seem to be a kind of um Resurgence, uh, maybe yeah. taking place. Yeah, I, I, I think so, and um, feels that way. So, um, let's start this way. Why did you decide there needs to be a uh, three-day expedition race in uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, that area? Well, uh, so. You know, to give you a little bit of background on myself, um, which I is started, perfect. If you just talk yeah. for an hour, I'm happy, <laughs> <laughs> and so is everybody else. I, I can try. <laughs> so, a um, little background on myself is that I started adventure racing um, in 2004, and um, you know, just like most people started, it was real small sprint races, two and a half to five hours, and um, quickly just got immediately um 
I knew it was what I wanted to do. It was like, man, this is it. Um, and I was pretty young at the time. I was in college. Um, and so, you know, I had weekends available and, uh, I did, you know, maybe 10, 10 a year, um, sprint races and upwards of overnight and things like that. Mm -hmm. But for quite a few years, I kind of stayed in that realm. Um, and the, most of the races I did were put on by Dave Polito at the time. And, um, he, he was really doing really well in the Gulf Coast area and he had the business Gulf, Gulf Coast Adventure Racing. And, um, I mean, at, in its heyday, they would have a hundred teams or 95 teams at races. And so, um, you know, that's when I guess you would say was the, the golden age of adventure racing in the mid to mid 2000s. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, the, the downturn happened and, uh, I got older and, um, but, before that happened, I, I, I ventured off into um, doing multi-days and, um, you know, 36-hour and 72-hour and and onwards and upwards of, of there. And um, in 2013, I, I went to the Patagonia Patagonian Expedition Race. Okay. Um, and then since then, I've kind of um, grown what, what I do is as race director, I put on – ultras and trail races and paddle races um but i've never taken my hand in um the fold of putting on an expedition or an adventure race um but i have probably a hundred races in my belt that i have race directed um up to 100 mile um ultras Mm. so and and paddle races so i have a lot of the experience from different um fields but not all meshed into one field um and so annually i i go to the c to c expedition race in florida um and i've been doing that again now um i think the last four years um every year i've gone and a a few years ago I, i started i was on the the bus ride being transported across the state of florida and i started thinking you know I really need to put put this race on in uh, in Louisiana, and I started thinking of the routes and being real familiar and doing tons of you know adventure weekends with teammates and stuff. I I knew of some great areas, and um, so I started kind of growing that idea, but I, it was just on the back burner. And uh, then this year I started researching it more and more. Um, say six months ago and putting in a lot more work into it and started looking at dates. And I, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to put on an expedition race. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she probably had a mini heart attack because I always have these grandiose ideas of different races. And, um, and, and I've, I've, I've made some amazing races happen in the area. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a different, it's definitely a, a different undertaking. Um, uh, but it's, it's been very exciting and um you know to answer your initial question to to bring adventure racing back into the area i think is is something that a good bit of local people uh are excited about um and on top of that i i think it's there's a lot of amazing countryside 
um, and unique terrain to Mississippi and Louisiana that that people really have no idea about. With, mm-hmm. um, I mean, everything from vast swamplands to waterfalls to um, uh, pretty good bit of elevation. Um, and uh, it, I, I think that people will be pleasantly surprised by the the overall terrain variance and the historical lands that um, are in these areas that you will, that racers will pass through. So I think it's um, partially that I wanted to bring adventure racing back to Louisiana, but also I wanted to kind of show off the, the assets, the natural historical assets that we have here. And, um, and so that's, that's how this idea was born. And um, we're full steam ahead now. Um, we've got, we've got a good team that I've, Formed. Um, I still need to implement a, a, to get a few other people on board, but um, we've already been doing a, a, a lot of work um, has gone into it already, and a lot of meetings with different um, uh, entities and um, different groups that are over certain waterways and um, parks and things so uh, I've got great support locally from that which I'm excited about Mm -hmm. and then support from uh, experienced race directors and adventure racers and just kind of um, trying to tap into all the resources that I've established over the years Um, and it's all it's all coming on board and so it's it's exciting and it's been great for me to see uh, just with the little bit of things I've put out there on social media and private calls and messages, the the instant excitement some people are already having and wanting to wanting to to either be a part of it from a volunteer or part of the team or actually take place. I mean, or actually participate in the um, the race itself. So um, I I think we're going to have a good showing across the board. Well, that's good. That was one of my questions is, yeah, there's just not been a lot of information out, but fairly uh, high amount of excitement about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I think you were that was a question. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I I do think there's a lot of excitement um, because I mean, for one. You probably can't name anyone who's done an adventure race in Louisiana or Mississippi. So yep. right there, you have that that draw of some of these racers that have kind of raced all over the world, and they're like, "Man, I've never raced in the South." Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say Florida. Like a lot of people venture down to sea to sea, and a lot of the races that um, Florida Extreme has going on there, they're great. Um, but it's just you know, it's very different. Um, so. I think another benefit that we have where we're located is, yeah, we're kind of, you you could, on one hand, you could say we're kind of in a no man's land because there is no adventure racing going on, but we're pretty evenly situated between Texas, say Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida. So we're kind of a central spot. Mm -hmm. So where we're located is if a team from Kentucky wants to go down or say North Carolina to um, one of the expedition races or races um, 
say C to C, we're, we're almost the same drive or um, obligation. Um, so I, I think we're, we're, we're kind of in a, in, a, in a sweet spot where we're located between kind of some, some hotbeds. Um, and then with the race, I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to build it into where, uh, of course, <laughs> everyone will be um, desperate in, uh, in, a, um, in, a, in a, a tight spot in the middle of the race. Yeah. But I'm trying to build in the, the, the creature comforts of um, like having the, the hotel we're staying at is the, the own that I've already arranged and have that set up. Uh, it's the only four-star hotel in uh, downtown Baton Rouge. And um, they're offering free shuttle to uh, from and to the airport before and after the race, um, so that that's you know a nice benefit where people can say, oh, I don't have to do a rental car or pay someone to pick me up if I'm flying in or you know just things like that. Where we're um, we're going to be shuttling all the racers to the start, which will be in Natchez, Mississippi. Which if uh, people aren't familiar with Natchez, it's a uh, very historical um, city uh, that had had a lot to do with um, you know uh, unfortunate events of, of slave trade and things like that but it, it's an it's an amazing historical city that's that's um, has beautiful homes and and uh, beautiful uh, territories and vistas overlooking the Mississippi so we're excited about kind of bridging that that link between Natchez and Baton Rouge and and racing throughout that area um and you know besides the 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 benefits we have of say shuttling to the start um getting all the racers there um after the race we'll have a a full cajun meal banquet um you know with prizes and awards and all that that you would you would expect out of an expedition race um so Basically, it's just saying that we're, you know, trying to to provide those things that people that people want to see when they go to an expedition race. That they're not, say, finishing their race and saying, "Well, man, that was that was a chicken breast and a uh, <laughs> some vegetables. We're we're gonna feed your belly. We're gonna we're gonna um, fill you up and and make you 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 have a good time and." Um, you know, uh, hopefully execute the course to where it's um, complete, and, and and racers will be able to uh, to to navigate, but at the same time uh, be challenged to to find those checkpoints and advance along the course. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's start here. Let's start here. Okay. Um, um, it's, it's obviously you have to have a good race. But right. and you've put on a lot of races. How important is all the, all those other little things like shuttles and good meals to to the? Can that make or break a race from your perspective as a race director? Can it make or break a race? I mean, you got. Um, let, let's just assume all the races are good. The race right. part. Is it is it all those extras that make the uh, difference in in a really successful race? Um, you know, I would I would I would venture to say it's kind of it, you could look at it both ways, and I would I would answer that yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, E, all of the above. Yeah. You know, so, so in, in my experience uh, with with hosting races um, in Louisiana, mm -hmm. most races that are successful go above and beyond um, with the food they provide, the experience after the race, the um, the uh, the flair. Mm -hmm. uh, when I've gone. And this isn't at all races, but I've gone to races, um, paddle races, say in Texas or some other areas, to where racers, after they spend a hundred dollars on a race, are then asked to spend five dollars for their meal afterwards. And I've kind of thought that was crazy because in Louisiana, you're expected to provide that, and maybe it's the, um, maybe it's the. Um, what we're uh, adapted to or um, just move towards because we have so many festivals and events is that it's almost expected that you provide those those the flair like I was yeah. saying now would it make or break a race I, I wouldn't say it would make or break it but I know that a lot of people um, expedition racers especially they're, they're putting out a good bit of money and um, they're budgeting and so they're they're looking at well okay if I have to take fly in then now I've got to pay a shuttle I've got to spend money on a meal after the race I have to pay a shuttle back to the airport you know they're budgeting those things so if we're able to build in those benefits I think I think people can see value in that um, value in hopefully getting a good night's rest um, before the race you know in a in a nice hotel as opposed to um, maybe something that isn't so nice. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you can you can definitely have a quality top notch event and not have those extras, uh, but I don't think it could possibly hurt it to have those extras. Yeah. Well, it's just you know it's kind of like well, there's these two really cool races. Hey, these guys shuttle you for free. Looks like let's let's go there. Right. Everything else being equal, right? Right. Yeah, yeah of course. And yeah. you know, um, as as an adventure racer and expedition racer, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine with driving up to a race, sleeping in my car the night before, barely getting any sleep because maybe it's uncomfortable, and then going to race for 36 hours. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't bother me that experience. Yeah. But if it's if it's in there, it it, it can also be nice. Yes. So, um, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, I I think my, my uh, you know we, we plan on having uh, a hot meal for the three nights that the racers are out there. So is that uh, required? No. But I've also raced and and come along and found a hot meal, and that's that is nice, especially if it's cold. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, it, it, it's just the little things that I try to do in my races that that hopefully make them kind of stand apart. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. I, I think in um, it, it would only be appropriate uh, with how say the south and louisiana are known for their southern hospitality in, in a race that i'm naming old south mm -hmm. uh I, I think it would only be appropriate to to live up to those customs sounds sounds like a 
that, well, and that's what I was thinking because you were talking about Florida, and I'm like, to me, and I'm not very smart, but Florida isn't the South. They're two different things. So you, right. you're the South. <laughs> Florida's Florida. <laughs> right. They might they might be more Southern. Yeah. But, uh, in but, terms of geography than we are, but maybe we're uh, more. We're, we're more Southern. Yeah. Just more South. <laughs> Perfect. Um, November eighth. Why? Why November? I can imagine why, but why November? Well, you, you know, um, for myself, I put on about one or two events every month, mm-hmm. and really, this was October was not possible. I already put on three events in October, yeah. um, and so um, this was really the the weekend that. I found that worked the best with my schedule, with existing races, and um, and and really we have mild winters. Yeah. So uh, right now, I I, drew, I walked out of my house with a uh, with a hoodie on a little while ago to drive into uh, Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's probably sixty five and I was burning up. <laughs> I thought it, last night it was freezing. So you, you know you just don't know what, what each day is going to bring. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think it's kind of perfectly situated towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have mild winters. Um, November is not typically a, a, a super heavy rainy month. Um, and it, it just seemed, uh, right with, with existing schedules. And there's, there's not many races in November in, in the United States due to the fact that I think that where the majority of your races are, say in um, Pennsylvania and, and areas like that, it's you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And, and the unknown of having a snowstorm causes people not to want to put on a race. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I, I, think yeah. we're, I think it's at a very, a very good time, uh, in, in my opinion. The, the water uh, temperatures, say, of the Mississippi um, – or, or not excruciating cold. They're, I think it's typically between 52 to 54, so it's it's pretty chilly, but it's it, it's not beyond uh, the realm of survival. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 not going to be wearing a pair of shorts and and uh, a top for the whole race. There's going to be some have to put some thought into uh, the weather and what it's like, which I think makes it interesting. Right. The between in the areas we're racing, the average temperature, uh, daily temperatures range uh, between forty-seven and seventy-one. So a lot of people will wear shorts yeah. the whole time, possibly. You know, and now obviously, if you dip down into the low forties and you're on the bike, you're probably going to want, um, you know, some uh, some tights on. But it, it, it could very well be. I mean. <laughs> Sometimes Thanksgiving and Christmas in Louisiana, it might be 80 degrees. So um, it, it, it's going to kind of vary, uh, yeah. honestly. But, I, you know, the, the historical average, 47 to 71. Well, that's, that's not bad. That's livable. That's, right, right. That's fall. Um, so my uneducated guess... Or, or my first thought about this race would be, oh, there's got to be a lot of paddling. So right. is there going to be a lot of paddling or is it going to be fairly uh, 
um, equal in all disciplines? It's not going to be equal. Um, I would say equal time, um, most likely, but uh, the um, the actual uh, distances won't won't equal. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at um, depending on the, the the finalized race route is is not there. I've got a million options in front of me. <laughs> Well, know, that's kind of the fun part, right? Figuring it out. Yeah, it, it, it is fun at times, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's uh, a little overwhelming when I have a list of, you know, fifty different spots. So, uh, but but what I'm looking at um, the the different options are are probably around sixty miles of canoeing. Okay. Um, you know, I, I have some different boards out there that have us around two hundred miles of biking. Um, and then just depending on um, the the trekking uh, and the orienteering, um, what we end up uh, finalizing for those, you know, we'll, we'll kind of make that make that variance. I mean, we'll make those numbers kind of um, come to life. But uh, total, I'm thinking it's around 300 miles um, mm-hmm. is what I what I think is going to be achievable for most teams. Um, considering some of the the harsh terrain and the uh, topography of some of these areas um, that will be say some of the o courses and and things like that the the, the neat thing about a lot of this area is that um, there there's a good bit of, of gravel roads um, dirt roads um, areas that you know you'll be biking on you won't just be on pavement um, for miles on end, you could have ten miles of gravel roads that are through very hilly um, lands that yeah. will, that will you know just add to the character of the race. Um, you know, we we have areas that we're looking at that go through the middle of swampland and refuges, re- refuges and um, and uh, I mean there there's so many different areas I'm looking at, but. Um, the the actual distances you know will be will be undetermined but um, there there will most likely be a a um, 35 mile um, canoe in there that will be straight uh, which will be very interesting to watch that take place um, it it will be um, very nice. So <laughs> I'm excited. I don't want to say too much, no. but I'm excited to different areas. Um, and um, I, I'm looking at uh, most likely there's a 31-mile trek that's continuous straight that teams could could possibly um, make some shortcuts, but they would maybe be ill-advised. Okay. So, um that that'll be you know the the mental grind of a long trek in a race is is something I've always kind of loved, and um, I found a great area that's 31 miles that is dirt and woods that they basically cannot avoid. So, um, so I, I think all the things that you would want in a race are kind of coming together. Um, at least that's how I see it from. A racer's perspective, they're they're really. Um, I, I have quite a few options of true mountain bike trails, which is for me always cool in a race when you you come to an area and it's, you know essentially kind of like being able to 
have an O course in the middle of a race where you actually have to navigate on bikes through trails is always kind of cool and confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're getting all of those options. That's cool. Is there a spot on the course that, like, when you think about a team coming to it, it just you just kind of get a smile on your face because they're not going to because they're going to freak out a little bit, either in a good way or a bad way. Yes. Okay. There, <laughs> well, that's a that's all I want to know. I don't want to. We don't want to spoil it. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's um there there's some. There's some neat areas, and that that's what um, to me um, I'm just super excited about because I mean in in your in your mind I'm sure you think oh Louisiana Mississippi that's flat oh yes yeah, definitely yeah <laughs> yeah and it you know we don't have um, thousand foot mountains but we're definitely not flat in these areas and 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 some now some areas are and that's what's going to be nice about this course is that it's going to it's going to vary drastically. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, there's some sections that will definitely be, um, will kind of take your breath away. Um, maybe not if you were, say, um, having the views of uh, Lover's Leap and Primal Quest, but um, you, you, they, they will offer a, 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 a different and unique um, view. Um, you know everything from uh, yeah. waterfalls to the fourth largest river in the world to um, swamps so. and hills and you know just um, drop-offs and giant little gullies and there there's going to be options all around. Um, I'm also looking into. Um, having some rope sections out there. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that for, or not, but um, that, that is a possibility that we will, we will have ropes on the course. Yeah. Well, that's nice. But I will say I spent eight hours at Lover's Leap in last Tahoe, PQ at Tahoe, and it kind of ended up looking all the same after a while. So <laughs> don't discount <laughs> – don't discount the looks, what it looks like, how nice it looks in the middle of a forest in Louisiana. Right. No, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. It, it, you, you might not have those giant vistas, but we're, we have our own unique um, uh, topography and land and um, uh, scenes that are, that are just as beautiful in their own way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So – Obviously, the race is point to point. Is it going to? They're going to be optional points, or you know, that's kind of a kind of a thing nowadays. Is is everything mandatory? Are you going to have optional, or have you decided that? Um, I haven't fully decided. Um, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of up in the air for that. Um, you know, one, one thing I I will not do as um, as a racer that wants to see adventure racing grow, mm-hmm. is I will not, um, out of all my power, I will not just take a team out the race. Yeah. I will try to cut them to where they can keep racing mm-hmm. and advance along the course. Say say they're six hours behind and we're 
a day in, I'm going to try to cut them out sections um, because that only that only um, in my opinion for a race like this that's not say a world championship I don't need to um, they can finish unofficially yeah. Yeah. you know I don't, I don't I don't need to uh, rip them off the course and give them a bad experience well so, I th- yeah I think that's really really important that right every team crosses the finish line one way or another. Right. I mean, that's just... Yeah, and I, I really think we're going to be able to, to make it work to where there's a uh, a relatively quick finish window mm-hmm. um, by doing basically what I said. Yeah. And that way we're able to, to have an awards banquet afterwards. We're able to, um, you know, have that camaraderie and stories. Um, that's the struggle of, of expedition races, say that, that go on for five days, six days, seven days, ten days. Um, you get multi days in ahead of teams, and then you're you know, you're you're maybe not even able to see these other teams afterwards. Um, so I'm going to try to as much as I can to keep that that finish window tight, so we can all um, enjoy um, a, a great southern meal at the finish and um, tell those stories and and. Um, revel in our uh, experiences. Yeah. Can I can I make one suggestion for the yes. finish? Don't have a band. <laughs> At the World Championships in Ecuador, they had this really really cool band. Literally, uh-huh. literally nobody could talk to each other, and that oh, right. and, and that's all the, that's all the racers want to do is talk to each other. Right? So. Yeah. You. That, that's when you you know you you try to add maybe too much and mm-hmm. and also at that time when you're finished at the race and there's a band r- roaring and your head's pounding you don't want to hear that one bit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so right that my two cents worth on uh, the, that's that's a good that's a good observation because you know I probably would have thought, thought about it like you know, I need to have a band a good Cajun band and yeah. um. But you know uh, that also is, like you said, probably probably something that we we don't need to do. Yeah, but you also could say, well, afterwards there's this bar downtown, and these yeah, guys are really actually, good. Uh, there's a good blues bar across the street from our hotel, so yeah. Sunday you, night would be perfect. <laughs> there you go. See, oh, I'm so smart. I should have a yeah, podcast. Good, <laughs> good thinking. Um, tell me, tell, we're going to switch gears. Okay. Tell me about your Patagonia experience. Did it change your life like everybody else's? I, well, I, I didn't really have a good experience. (laughs) Well, hardly ever, anybody does. That's what, that's what surprises me so much about Patagonia because my wife, Paulette's gone twice. It hasn't right. finished either time, and neither time has been really that great of an experience of a ra- of a race. Right. We should go back in a second. <laughs> right. I would. I would definitely go back. Um, the, uh, the. I think there were some struggles the year that I went mm-hmm. um, with the the course design. Yeah. Um, it. It was an amazing course. The the bits that I saw, yeah, um, and I would, like I said, I'd go back for sure. Um, 
if you asked me when I first finished, I probably would say no. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll say yes. Uh, you know, um, and, and by no means talking bad about the race, but I, I think their, their cutoff times, the year that I went, you know, they typically have a, um, I can't remember what their finish rate was at the time, but it was normally 50% of the teams and at least they get so far. Mm-hmm. And the year I went, um, within the first two days, I think all but two teams were out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember and that year. So, um, that, that was 2013. And so with, with that experience, you know, I definitely had a great experience, but, um, I don't have a ton of just disposable income. And I, I was kind of bitter about that being that it was such a tight window of time constraints. Yeah. And not being able to advance on the course. So, um, so, you know, at the same, in the same token, I, I understand that they have to keep, they can't be spread out a hundred miles between teams. So, um, I understood, but I, I did have an amazing experience. It's, it's a beautiful countryside. And when, we, when we were out, we had, I think 10 more days we were going to be in the country. So my team and I, um, hiked all around the W circuit and, um, you know, all around the uh, Tours de Pagne, and I mean, we we did have an amazing experience. I was ready to get home by the time I got home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a place. You you everybody else has heard this story, but my little dog that's sitting at my feet, she came. Yeah. Chili came from Puento, so Paulette okay. brought her home. So, wow, yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. It, and she brags, you know, everybody, they see the trailer for the last for the last film they did where everybody is getting blown off their bikes. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know right what you're talking about. Yeah. That's her getting blown off her bike. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little bitty thing. Yes. And realized later, so what, the, the, next, the next year is when she got really hurt in Idaho. And when they're x-raying her back, they're like, oh, when did you break your back the first time? And we've, oh, we wow. figured it out was that crash because wow. she had a really sore back. But but it was the same thing. They're, you know, her team, four continents, were really slow, but they were starting to gel because, you know, they were just learning how to race and they were starting to move faster. And they're like, no, you're not going to be fast enough and you're out. But still, right. she'd go. I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking you probably – put this your race the old south race in november so you wouldn't be tempted to go to patagonia oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny um no i i guess that might hurt my uh, ability to go there in the future but uh it it wasn't necessarily um that you know uh, and i i did think about some of those international races yeah. uh when when trying to schedule the dates for my race um but you know, a race like Patagonia or say the Worlds, which will be going on while I'm putting on my race. Yeah, I thought I would maybe only miss two to four team potential teams. Yeah, you know, it's not like everyone can just go pick up and go do the Worlds or go do Patagonia. So yeah. um, I, I figured that wouldn't actually affect. Well, affect my- you know. Or you pick up a few international teams. They're like, we want something. We want a late race year or a late year race. So, right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would, you know, I'd love it. I've I've made some some contacts over the years with some international racers, and I would absolutely love to be able to show them Louisiana and uh, Mississippi. And a few of them have wanted to come here, but they've always said like. I don't know what, you know, I gotta find a reason to get over there. And, um, the other week when I was thinking about some of those racers, I was like, oh, wait, I just created a reason for them to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do that? Do you, have you ever picked out a race just because of where it is? Um, other than Patagonia, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I would say, at this point, maybe maybe when I was younger, I would yeah. have done that a few times. But at this point, you know, with wife and three kids, I I probably pick out my races a little more strategizing on um, on uh, availability. <laughs> yeah. Well, you or where can you take the the family that they can have a good time while you're suffering? Well, I, yeah, my family's never wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, y'all want to come to this race? And they're like, no, you go have fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, I, I think that they would, um, they, there would be a chance of that, but I, I get into get into race mode and I'm probably pretty turned off whenever I'm um, in the in the midst of all of that. Yeah. So um, whenever I maybe go do a ultra or expedition race or a hundred mile or something like that, I, I I do definitely search them out as to what they are. Um, and some of them, you know, I have picked because, you know, I've heard about, oh, this amazing park or, or whatever it is, and I want to see it. So I'm like, oh, that'd be great to, to run for 100 miles to experience it. <laughs> well, that works. Although I'll bet you um, if you said you were going to God Zone and they could go spend two weeks in New Zealand, they might want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I would definitely love to do that. That, that looks like an amazing experience. Um. Do you also are you like a lot of people? Do you pick races that are really hard? Well, I guess that's kind of two parts. Do you pick races for yourself, and do you try and put on races that will appeal to those people that are like, "Oh, that looks really hard. I can't wait." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm definitely kind of known in the area. Uh, say in Louisiana, Mississippi and kind of surrounding that, that I love to make people suffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, and, and I, it's probably the adventure racing background in me, yeah. um, that I, I mean, man, I personally, when I race, I love to suffer the, the harder it is, the, the mental grind, the, I mean, I get goosebumps talking about it because I want to just like see how hard, how far I can push myself and how hard. And, um, and, 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 you know, there's different ways of doing that. Um, it's everything depending on the style of race. Like say if it's an ultra, um, this past two weekends or last weekend, I did a hundred mile ultra in Texas and it was super flat, but my whole goal was to go as fast as I possibly could. So, you know, maybe it isn't the hardest course, but I wanted to see how fast I could go. So I turned it into, I made it super hard. And that can, you know, vary with terrain. If it's a lot more hills, then it's obviously going to be um, a slower go. But I, I definitely like to do 
I like to mix it up. A lot of my races, uh, say trail races, I put on a series here in Louisiana and it's called, uh, it's just called the Woe Trail Series. And so with that, a lot of racers know that they come to my race knowing they're not going to be able to run because I just bring them through these gullies and they're not even on trails. I bring them through the complete wilderness, which I just refer to as backcountry running because it's just like running if you were a kid running through the middle of the woods, um, yeah. I just guide them with landscape flags. And so, and I bring them over boulders and through creeks and, you know, up these crazy hills and drop offs and, um, and, you know, and, and, and I really think that even though the difficult, the difficulty level is high, if I get a call from a, someone who says, can I walk your course? I'm like hell yeah, you can walk it. You're gonna have a good time. Just you know, it might take you a little longer, and that's fine. Yeah. But but I want to make it as as hard as possible because I really try to um, when I when I put on a race, I try to make it an experience that they're gonna walk walk away from transformed. Even if it's a six mile trail run, they're gonna walk away from it going, you know, kind of blown away by what they were able to accomplish. Not 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 blown away by the course I was able to design because you know who are we kidding we're not necessarily we might weave how we're going through the woods but yeah. I, I didn't design the woods <laughs> <laughs> so um you know I, I I want people to be transformed and and that's kind of what I'm trying to um to do with this race uh old south mm-hmm. I, I think that that it will provide that and um I think that we have enough areas that we can, you know, have this race turn into an annual event to where it's um, over and over and over again without repeating too much and and, and really um, get people, um, you know, help promote adventure racing at the same time, bring adventure racers into this area mm-hmm. and, um, and give people an amazing experience. Well, I think it sounds fun so far, um, but... I have a redneck question. Can I ask it? Yeah, you, you're not going to offend me. <laughs> um, so, have you ever run across a uh, maybe some sort of distillery while you're running in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like uh, like moonshine? Yeah, just yeah. If you want to yeah. use that term, <laughs> you know, maybe right. something that they don't quite pay all the taxes and. Uh, you know, I, I haven't, but okay. that would be funny. Uh, I, I, I wish I had. Um, you know, I, I got into watching that show Moonshiners a few years ago, and they had, or I think the second or third season, they had some Moonshiners in Louisiana, and I was, and I remember thinking, like, man, I wish I came across that sometime. Um, so I haven't actually seen that, but there, there are uh, a few unique. Um, uh, distilleries in Louisiana that have popped up the last few years, although they they're in um, metropolitan areas. <laughs> okay. All right. Suggestion number two for your race, and I'm yes, gonna, sir. I'm stealing this from Cowboy Tough. You need to have them take have a shot of moonshine. The racers somewhere during the race. Okay. And and like find some real moonshine. <laughs> well. well uh, how about this? Um, so there's a distillery here that's called Cane Land, mm-hmm. and it is a uh, rum distillery. And it is the only 
um, farm to distillery that are both owned by the same family in the nation. Um, and actually, uh, my family has a lot of cane land, and our cane is um, is milled and uh, milled at their mill. So uh, we could probably have actually. Um, if we decide if the course runs through our property at different times, which it might, um, that could also that could actually be the the um, there you get a the, shot. The, uh, room. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm not, not opposed to it, but that would be a, a unique thing to do. That it would actually be from property that the people are running on. Well, it is. I mean, that's what they would do in Wyoming. Is they had Wyoming whiskey, and and uh, a couple of the years it was, you know, they had it in. You know, a hundred-year-old bar in Buffalo, and uh, so it's it's you know if it fits in the flow of the race because there's nothing worse than just you know jacking something in a race just to have it. But yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's my. I feel fulfilled. I've made two suggestions. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Any suggestions? We're, we're definitely <laughs> open to that. We want to, you know, we want to aim to to make. Whoever comes to to race or experience it or yeah. be a part of it, um, feel like they're that what, what we've put out there is a good product. By no means do I want to host a race and um, have people disappointed. Uh, that that I would be in the wrong business if that's what I was that's true. aiming to do. So um, you know, I, I think we're going to be able to um, execute everything um, like people would would see fit and and everyone will walk away with uh, a good experience and you know hopefully people are not lost on my accord but on their own navigational mistakes <laughs> yeah. that, that's on them um so just a couple more questions unless i have more so wool racing is obviously walker higgins what outdoor adventure outdoor adventure Maybe I'm. It's right now. It's in a tie for the best name for a race company. Um, really? Well, in North Dakota, they they have um, Eastern North Dakota or right. North, so it's end racing. So they have the, they yeah. have all these end end. Right. So, but what was right. what was is is a pretty good equal. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, um, uh, I, I got to give my friend Jason Jeffers credit on that. I, for years, I was um, I did personal training and coaching, and um, my, my business was just W Higgins, and and I just kept telling friends or him and some other guys, I was like, man, it's just not it's not marketable. I can't put that on a shirt. No one wants to wear a shirt that has my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like. He he texted me one afternoon. He was like, "What about whoa?" And I and I, I texted him back like, "What?" He's like, "No whoa, <laughs> not what?" <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's it. That's perfect." I was like, "It." And also, all my races are kind of known as being edgy and a little extreme. So mm -hmm. I was like, "It's it's absolutely perfect." So I, I appreciate you recognizing that. Yeah. And I also got to say that Walker is a Louisiana name. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and it's um, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I, I've only met a couple of walkers in my life, but um, my family's kind of unique in that they are, 
they all use uh, family names from way back when and mm. pulling old last names and so I was um, I was after I was named after uh, a grandfather so yeah. well technically I was too because my grandmother's maiden name was Randall so okay we have that in common yeah very nice yeah so um, anything else about the race we haven't talked about um, I you know uh, that just to say that it's uh, the, the meetup location is in Baton Rouge. We're going to bus people to Natchez, and um, they'll have three full days uh, racing through basically every bit of land you can imagine um, and uh, finish in Baton Rouge, Louisiana on um, November 11th and um, guaranteed to have a, an amazing time. Yeah. So I, I really hope that um, whoever is – is considering it will will contact me and I'd love to you know get them on board and have them come in and and just show them what uh, amazing countryside uh, we have in Louisiana and Mississippi. Yeah, and uh, when you're listening to this, because I'm going to put this up tomorrow, which is like a day earlier, but if you're listening to it, I put it up today. But registration opens on the 18th. So right. Which is the day this will go up. I don't care when you're listening to it. So, right, go get signed up. You could, if you're really quick, you could be the first one to register. That's right. Yeah. Um, You know, with that in mind, the registration, um, we 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 thought about the pricing, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's five fifty a person. Um, And if 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 you um, didn't get our email or, or see the stats. That um, you know, you have free shuttle. You have um, a uh, four-star uh, four hotel for the night before. Um, shuttle to the race start and free shuttle to the airport when you're finished. Um, we also have arranged for a um, for a butler closet slash um, conference room that will be secured while we're racing to store all your gear. Um, so we're really we're making sure that. That uh, all all questions are, are addressed, and um, it, it's it's you know a well well priced race. There are some some um, stair step price increases, um, but I think we have about two months at this five fifty level, and then it increases to six hundred, and then I think the last month it's six fifty. Um, so that would be like September or October of next year. Yeah, which seems like a pretty fair price to me. That's a good good value. Um, do you have a cap on number of teams? Uh, you know, I was actually looking at that today. Um, I put a pretty wide range of, of teams uh, out there, and this is probably something else I should should have said, but I have every division from solo to five-person teams. Okay. Um, you know, and, and with that, again, something else is we're going to supply the canoes, uh Unless addressed with me, you need to supply, you know, your own um, paddle gear, mm. and um, obviously you need to bring your own bike. But um, with with team numbers, overall numbers, I'm not exactly sure what it'll be. It'll probably be 30 teams. Okay. Um, but that also depends on, say, if I happen to get three five-person teams, that may kind of change the actual numbers which which are allowed. Yeah, you'll probably well. 
instead of teams, you're probably there's probably going to be just a number of racers that are allowed, whether teams are solo or right. Like I, I would probably, you know, it, projections of what I'm kind of projecting. I think that I'm I'm hoping we can get to about sixty participants, but okay. you know, I could be blown away and have a hundred. So. Um, if we're at the point to where we're possibly having to turn away teams, I think we're in a really good situation. I just the, – the main thing I want to do is put on the best quality race and not sacrifice that quality for, um, say, a potential, um, um, you know, another team coming in. I want to make sure that every racer has a good experience and that my staff is, is large enough to where we can accommodate that without taking on too many teams. Yeah. Well, okay, this might actually be the last question, but okay. um, solo, you're allowing soloists in a three-day race, That's kind of uh, uh, different. Yeah, um, you know, I've seen that in a few races, and I think we're going to have enough checkpoints to where we can um, monitor their um, awareness and ability. Yeah. And, and obviously, um, the soloist will be tightly screened. Yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely won't be, say, you know, um, for this race, I want to build it to where it'll challenge advance, but I'll also, you know, you don't have to be a world-class paddler or expedition racer to, to, to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if you're a soloist, you got to have a whole different kind of level of, of game. <laughs> yeah. So, so and that would make yeah. I, I know that that would make me nervous going to race a three day race by myself. So, <laughs> well, I honestly I think it's kind of cool. I'm I'm assuming you do that because you'd like to go do a three day race solo. So, <laughs> isn't that how but, how race directors are? They want to do something and they can't, so they just put it in their race. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would like to do that sometime. Yeah. So, well, you know, if it works out here, then. We, you have a new, whole new category for races. Yeah, that's so, right. Maybe so. so. All right. Well, it was it was fun to uh, meet and talk with you and learn that you're going to make some people suffer next next uh, November. Yes, de- <laughs> definitely. Will. It was a pleasure, and um, you know, I, I definitely appreciate all you're doing with your podcast and. Um, contacting me and wanting to help us uh, promote uh, Old South XPD. All right. Well, thanks. Okay, Randy. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Thanks for the chat. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.